0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. Let me just tell you about my podcast sponsor before we start this episode. Um, So it's difficult to learn a language on your own. And also, we know that it's important to talk to native English speakers. That's a great way to develop your fluency more quickly. You've got to speak to native speakers. Speak English to people, ideally native speakers. Um, You can now do that very conveniently using italki, my sponsor. Um, And um, you can use italki to get some talking time or English lessons with a native speaker. And italki are offering all of you, my listeners, a free voucher worth 100 italki credits when you buy some lessons. And to get that offer, you need to go to teacherluke.co.uk slash talk. And you won't get the the voucher unless you use that link, Uh, teacherluke.co.uk slash talk, or click an italki logo on my website. Now, here's a new episode of the podcast. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello there. Welcome back to Luke's English Podcast. How are you doing out there in podcast land? Are you okay? Is it cold where you are? It's uh, suddenly got much colder here in France, because uh, I'm in France, as you might know. Uh, it suddenly got colder. A week ago, It was about 17 degrees, 19 degrees on uh, Sunday from last week. 19 degrees. It was amazing. The sun was shining. People were outdoors in jeans and t-shirts. Just a general happy glow wherever you went. And um, now I'm recording this on a Monday, kind of late afternoon on a Monday. It's grey. It's cold. It's dipped down to eight degrees. It's It feels all cold and miserable. Eight degrees. Exactly. I know. Hardly freezing. It's not technically not freezing. It feels freezing today. Just the contrast between the nice, balmy, sunny, late summer weather that we had last week and the uh, chilling, uh, grey and cold, miserable weather that we've got today. Um, eight degrees today, apparently, according to the weather forecast. Um, I imagine that for some of you out there in the world, uh, eight degrees seems like a summer holiday at this moment. Um, I'm sure that some of you out there are listening to this in sub-zero temperatures. Maybe maybe you are. I don't know if winter has fully arrived uh, in your uh, region, as it were, right now. Has, has winter um, Has winter come? Winter is coming. That's the phrase that we all know from the TV show, Game of Thrones. Winter is coming. Brace yourselves, winter is coming. Well, winter has probably already arrived for some of you. So I hope that you're not too cold. Um, Although I'm sure actually for many of you, many others listening to this in other parts of the world, that uh, you're now enjoying um, nice sunny uh, days and hot temperatures. It's all probably very lovely. Um, So depending on on if you're in the northern hemisphere where it's probably getting cold or the southern hemisphere where it's getting hot that's the northern hemisphere of the world you've heard of the world right earth you know about that don't you yes of course you do you see that thing that big thing that you're you're on that's it the earth in the northern hemisphere stop me if i'm telling you stuff you already know uh, obviously you can't stop me well you can stop me you can just press stop on your player if you think i already know that the i know i know that the earth exists I'm going to stop listening to this because I know about the hemispheres. What is this ridiculous nonsense? I'm going to go and listen to something else, like the sound of uh uh my microwave oven or so I don't know what you, what else you, you there's plenty of other things you could listen to. Anyway, what was I saying? If you're in the northern hemisphere, you um it's probably getting cold, right? And if you're in the southern hemisphere, it's probably a bit warmer. Or in fact, if you're on the equator, If you're on the equator or near it, it's probably nice and hot. If you're, I don't know, you know, the earth, etc. Okay, geography, weather, um, the sun and all that kind of stuff. Okay, right. So anyway, the point I was making is, how is the weather where you are? I'm talking about the weather. I'm British. That's what we do, isn't it? It is. We talk about the weather when we don't know what else to talk about. Oh, hasn't it gone cold? Or, oh, it's quite mild, isn't it today? That kind of thing normal to talk about the weather. And of course, I'm, I'm no different. I guess I'm your average Brit. And uh, we do like to talk about the weather. And why not? There's nothing wrong with that, is there? No, of course not. It's a perfectly good thing to talk about, especially when the weather changes a lot like it does in the UK. Uh, that's why we talk about the weather a lot. It's just this thing that we can all talk about because it's kind of like this neutral topic. It's a shared experience, which means it's a, a nice, safe topic for making small talk. Okay. So, you know, that's that's how you do small talk, isn't it? You talk about stuff that uh is a shared experience. Um and uh and that's and that's how you do it. You don't jump in with personal questions, deeply personal stuff right at the beginning. You know, small talk. If you are sitting in a meeting room with some other people who you you kind of they're acquaintances of yours, you don't know them very well you 're sitting there it 's probably a good idea to build up some kind of friendly relationship with those people because if you if you don't sort of make nice if you don 't make nice if you don 't kind of uh, try to uh, sort of ingratiate yourselves with the people around you then they 're just not going to like you and if they don 't like you, then they 're just going to be biased against you aren 't they so it's It tends to help to try and at least create some level of civility with the people around you so that they will treat you like a normal human being i think it's the basic foundation of human interaction that if you've already established some friendliness then you know it's like the lubrication that that uh, that allows things to run more smoothly so if you're in that meeting room with people you could sit there silent or you could you know start abusing everyone around you or you could uh, uh, you could uh, start uh, launching into lots of personal uh, questions of personal information, or you could choose the much safer, much more diplomatic and probably more successful option, which would be to talk about some neutral things, you know. Um, and uh, it's, I guess it's up to you to judge whether the thing is neutral or not or if it's inappropriate. But um, anyway, the weather in the UK is a thing that we often will talk about. Oh, it's a bit cold, isn't it? Now, the danger is, of course, that someone's going to be like, I can't believe he talked about the weather. What a boring fart he is. Uh, But, you know, maybe then you're just not with very nice people. But the point is, I think it's a uh, a perfectly decent start uh, if you've just walked into the office. uh, Hi, how's it going? Oh, fine. Cold, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's freezing. I you know apparently it's snowing in Scotland. Oh my god is it? Well, winter's arrived, here it is anyway. Huh, speak to you later. All right, bye. Fine. Fine. Normal civil relations. Um so is it cold where you are? It might be freezing. It might be freezing. I hope that it's not been I hope it's not difficult to use your your phone or your device in these temperatures. I find that to be a bit of an issue. It's just one of those annoying little things about life, isn't it sometimes that uh in the middle of winter When your fingers are freezing cold, you can't do anything. It's like difficult to zip up your jacket. It's difficult to get coins out of your pocket when your hand's frozen. Uh, It's difficult to use your device. So what's the solution, folks? Well, gloves, right? Gloves or mittens, I suppose. Gloves, of course, you know what gloves are. Put them on your hands to keep your hands getting cold. Mittens, they're like gloves, but it's like the mitten is basically a thumb and just one huge palm, isn't it? The mitten, mittens. Kids usually wear mittens, but I suppose in very cold temperatures, it's wise to wear mittens as well because they keep your fingers warmer, don't they? The, that's the plus side of the mitten as an invention. Helps to keep your hand warm. The the, the negative side of wearing mittens is uh, obviously that uh, you, you don't get the advantage of having four individual fingers at your disposable uh, at your disposal. Instead, you've got the thumb and just one big blob, which. I mean, what can you do? You can hold a, a cup of coffee or a, another hot drink. Other hot drinks are available. Uh, it doesn't have to be coffee. It could be anything, I suppose. Anything hot that is liquid. That counts as a hot drink. Luke, you're rambling. Yes, I am rambling. I am, I know. That's kind of the point of this episode. I haven't decided what this episode's going to be called yet. Uh, but I've already decided that I'm going to do a lot of rambling in this one. Do I need to justify that? No. Uh, Am I going to? Yes, probably. They say never explain and never apologize, right? Have you heard that? Never explain and never apologize. It's one of those sayings that people have. It's like a bit of advice. Never explain, never apologize. And uh, so, sorry, but let me just clarify uh, the reason why I'm rambling here. And that is um, just because, uh, yeah, I haven't fully prepared something, but uh, I've got a window of time and I thought that I would turn on the microphone because it's been about 10 days since I recorded an episode of the podcast. So I thought I, my listeners might want to hear my voice. Um, maybe not. As I said, if you don't want to, then you can always go and listen to the sound of your microwave or listen to the earth spinning on its axis if you want to. Um, but um, um yeah, so I've decided to turn on the microphone. Nothing fully prepared for this one. So this is one of those episodes in which I just ramble on about stuff in general. And you might be thinking, "Get to the point. Get to the point." Well, the point is in this episode precisely just to ramble about whatever comes through my head, okay? So if you if that thought is coming through your mind, "Get to the point." Well, you're missing the point, okay? If that's what you're thinking in this episode. "Get to the point, Luke." No. I am getting to the point all the time. This is the point, okay? I'm I'm just talking to you uh, in a way that hopefully will engage your, your attention. And as as I already said, if it doesn't engage your attention, your attention, please feel free to go and uh, 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 put your head next to a microwave oven. Do, actually, that I don't think that's a good idea. Don't take that advice. If you don't want to listen to this, go and um, I don't know. Go and speak. Go and talk to yourself or go and find someone else to talk to, or listen to another podcast. There are lots of them out there. Um, Anyway, I'm going to continue rambling all the way through this episode. So strap yourselves in. That's what you're going to get here, okay? Now then, I was saying, how are you? It's cold where you are. I wanted to say, that's it. I wanted to say, um, I wanted to mention those gloves that you can buy now that allow you to use a mobile phone when you've got the gloves on, you know? Um, so, I was saying that uh, if it 's cold, you might have to wear gloves or mittens, um, and that makes life difficult. for example, you can 't use your phone it 's difficult to like swipe and use the touch screen function on your phone when you 're wearing gloves, but they 've got these gloves now, and they' i 'm sure they 're not new they 've been around for a few years. I bought some last year, but they have these woolen gloves, and then the tips of the the index finger and the thumb of the gloves have like some special magic wool on them, which allows you to uh, use a touchscreen device. I don't know how it works. I'm sure that if you are tech savvy, if you understand the way in which uh, all sorts of technology works, you probably know all about this stuff. It's probably something like uh, that it's conductive, you know, that the wool uh, helps to conduct uh, heat which then um, you know, allows the screen to work. I don't know the inner workings of a touch screen. I think it's something to do with uh, heat. It picks up the heat from your finger, something like that, isn't it? Anyway, or maybe it's some electro- electrical thing. I don't know. But anyway, these gloves, they let you use your phone even when you're wearing the gloves. It's like magic wool, yeah, I know it's not magic, but anyway, maybe you've got some of those. Anyway, the point is here, If I know you're wondering what the point is, and yeah, the point of this particular part is basically this. I hope that your hands are warm and that you're able to use your phone, okay? I hope it hasn't been difficult to press play or pause or stop. Maybe, you're, maybe that's why you're still listening. Maybe you're like, I, I need to turn this off, but I'm wearing extremely thick mittens and I can't turn the damn thing off. Help. Maybe that's what's going on. I don't know. Anyway, uh, those of you who are not wearing mittens or gloves at this moment, then good for you, especially if you're in the southern hemisphere, where I expect it's quite warm at this point. Good. Right. <sighs> so, uh, yeah, I said, didn't I, this is going to be a rambling episode. So, you know, you're getting what uh, It's it does exactly what it says on the tin this episode. Uh, rambling, 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 rambling. Uh, I will also in this episode respond to a couple of comments um, from the website or a couple of messages I've received in one form or other uh, recently. I'm also planning to talk about some films and TV shows that I've seen recently that uh, I just wanted to talk about. Um, I I should probably mention something about the US election and some Brexit news because uh Uh, Certainly Brexit is a developing story and there's other stuff to report. It seems that I'm talking about that um, on the podcast. Politics, probably unwise to talk about politics. You know, they say you shouldn't talk about religion or politics. At a dinner party, but this isn't a dinner party, so uh, I can do what the hell I want, can't I? Anyway, but never mind all that stuff. Plenty of people, plenty of people have written to me, telling me how much they appreciate uh, hearing me talk about politics and things like that. So, fine, I can just do what the hell I want. It's my podcast, that's why it's called Luke's English Podcast. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about the U.S. election, which is um, going to take place tomorrow. <clears throat> I'm recording this on the seventh. Of November. So, polling day in the United States is the 8th of November. Although, I think many people have already voted and lots of votes have already been counted in some places, like, for example, in Nevada and I think uh, where else in Ohio, I, I saw some votes had been counted there. Um, all sorts of stuff's going on. Donald Trump continues to say the things he says. Hillary Clinton con- continues to be. Um, <clears throat> uh, <sighs> well, she's been investigated by the FBI. It's all very shady indeed. Uh, it's an it's an extraordinary election. I'll talk about it in a little bit. Also, Brexit, stuff's been going on with that. Uh, and I'll talk about that as well. And just whatever else comes into my head while talking. Uh, I'm sure that I will repeat myself from time to time. But you try it. You try talking into a microphone without too much preparation. I'm sure you'd repeat yourself too. So, you know, go and have a cheese sandwich if you don't like it. That's right. Yeah. If you don't like rambling, that's no problem. You could do something else. You could eat a toasted cheese sandwich, couldn't you? Or you could just go away and play with yourself for a while. I don't know. It's up to you. It's your life. You can spend it however you please, um, which is um, you know, a nice thing, isn't it? If you've got the freedom, why not use it? Um, exercise your choice. Now, if if you're new to the podcast and you're still listening, then welcome. In a nutshell, this is a podcast that can help you learn english and i know that it can because i've got i've had genuine testimonies from lots and lots of people over the years telling me how much this has helped them to improve their english <clears throat> now on the podcast sometimes i teach specific bits of language like grammar or vocabulary uh, sometimes I give learning tips like I have done in recent episodes about the uh, the intermediate plateau and about, um, uh, you know, how to be a good uh, learner of English in recent episodes. Sometimes I teach specific. specific I've already said that. Uh, sometimes uh, I give cultural information. I talk about sort of British culture. Sometimes I talk about pop culture, like movies and music and things. Uh, sometimes I have interviews with friends and family, and those prove to be quite popular, especially the ones featuring uh, the pod pals, Amber and Paul. Um, and recently, uh, Alex Van Walsum and Robert Hayne, who've been on the podcast. Also, my dad is, seems to be a, a popular guest, except when he talks about uh, certain aspects of foreign policy, I might come back to that. Uh, but it's no big deal. Um, Sometimes on the podcast, I just tell stupid stories and uh, things like that. I I might talk about uh, traveling experiences or uh, little stories about things I've done and seen. Um, And at other times, I just ramble on about whatever comes into my head. And it seems that people like it because I have a large uh, following of listeners around the world. The podcast has won several awards, and been nominated. It was nominated for the uh, British Council Elton Awards uh, uh, this year. Nominated. Didn't win. But, you know, you can't win them all, can you? No, you can't. Um, So you can think of this podcast as a regular dose of authentic English delivered straight from me to you through the internet. Um, And... uh, Plenty of academic studies by linguists and experts in language learning, plenty of academic studies have shown that regularly listening to authentic spoken English, which is delivered at a natural speed while also being comprehensible, and which is simply enjoyable to listen to, can be of great benefit to your English. So here we go. Here's some more of that. And if the idea is that it should be enjoyable to listen to, um, that's up to you, isn't it, really? It is. That's up to you. Do you find it enjoyable? If you don't like, uh, you know, if you don't find it enjoyable, uh, then I refer you to my previous comment about eating a toasted cheese sandwich and playing with yourself and listening to the sound that the that the earth makes when it's turning on its axis. Strange. Yeah, I do say some strange things on the podcast sometimes, but, you know, what are you going to do? Huh? What are you going to do? Um all right. Uh, so, and if you do like what you hear, then keep listening. And here we go. Uh, let's carry on. Um, <clears throat> okay. So, I'm going to start with a couple of comments I've had recently. So, um, if you visit my website teacherluke.co.uk, you'll see that there are comments sections at the un- at the bottom of every single page, just like a normal website. Um, and uh, feel free to leave your comments there. People comment there all the time, and um, uh, certainly these days, more and more, I seem to be getting much more traffic in terms of uh, the, the the number of comments I'm getting on the website. People comment because they want to practice their English. They want to respond to things they've heard in the episode. They want to probably uh, reach out to me and uh, leave a message to me for whatever their reason. Uh, and also, people seem to enjoy the social aspect of uh, communicating with other listeners, other hopefully like-minded people who also listen to this podcast. Um, so yeah, leave a comment on the page. Some you know, A lot of the time people are writing, telling me encouraging things about uh, what they like about the podcast, which is always very nice to, to read. It's always very encouraging. Uh, some people give me bits of advice. They tell me things that they, they think I should and shouldn't do on the podcast. They tell me that they like certain things. They don't like other things. Fine. That's all good. You know, it's all good. I read everything and the stuff that, um, you know, the stuff that, makes sense to me. I'm going to take it on board. And some of the stuff which I don't think makes a lot of sense, obviously, I'm not going to take on board. So in the end, it's nice to hear your opinion. But ultimately, um, I'm the one who decides how I'm going to do this. And this I can't do it any other way, really, can I? I can't really do this in any other way other than the way in which I feel is best. So there you go. Um, Right. So if you do leave a comment on the page, great. But, you know, I might just take it with a pinch of salt. We'll see. Um, now, here's a comment from Olga, who's been commenting a lot recently. And Olga um, wrote some lovely comments in response to the um, the anecdotes uh, in the Luke's English podcast anecdote competition, which is actually the round two of that competition is in the previous episode of this podcast. Um. And uh, Olga wrote some very nice feedback to to uh, people's uh, uh, anecdotes. Anyway, Olga wrote this to me. She said, Dear Luke, here's an idea for you uh, on the podcast. Um, she said, I think that everyone would like to hear about Bob Dylan because of the latest news. And obviously, Olga here is referring to the fact that Bob Dylan was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature recently, which is kind of controversial. Some people don't think he deserved it. Uh, Plenty of other people uh, agreed with the decision and think that Bob Dylan is a a great poet, a a great writer of lyrics, as well as a songwriter. Um, Olga goes on to say, I'm not a big fan of of him, but I felt, but I fell in love with some of his songs, um, like Knocking on Heaven's Door, Forever Young, etc., so, uh, please make a podcast about him. Bob Dylan by Luke Thompson. Okay, Olga, you know what? I would love to do a podcast about Bob Dylan. Um, and um, But I think to do the subject justice, I'd need to do lots and lots of preparation. Now, I'm a bit like you, Olga. Um, I'm not one of those hardcore Dylan fans who has got every single thing he ever did. Um, I don't know all of his work. Um, I'm familiar with probably the most famous stuff, you know, like like A Rolling Stone and Knocking on Heaven's Door and the early stuff like The Times Are a-Changing, Mr. Tambourine Man, things like that. I'd love to do a whole episode about Bob Dylan. I, the thing is that I'd need to do a bunch of research. I'd need to read up on him. I'd need to read his books because he wrote some, some books about his traveling stories and things. Um, I'd need to read it, all of his stuff and you know, listen to a bunch of his songs until I had absorbed enough Dylan to then be able to talk about it in a really sort of convincing uh, and uh, sort of relevant way. Uh, but what I will say is, personally, I I think that Dylan is an amazing artist. I, I just I know that because of the the work that I have heard. I've always enjoyed it. I remember once listening to the radio. When I was having a bath. Now you probably you might think, really, look, you're going to talk about again about some story about you in a bathtub, because I I told a story about having a bath, didn't I, before in in Thailand. Anyway, uh, without getting into all the details, um, I remember once having a bath. I must have been about 19, and it was one of those days where I didn't have anything to do. I was a student at the time, and it was probably one of those lost days as a student where I probably should have been writing an essay or something, but I was instead having a bath at like 11am or something and just daydreaming. And I had the radio on and they put on a Bob Dylan song. And I don't even remember exactly which song it was, but it seemed to go on forever. Um, It seemed to go on forever. And I just lay there and I, you know, you know, in in the bath when you're washing and stuff and stuff and washing, just washing, um, then uh, the noise, you know, can cover up the sound of the radio. I don't know if you listen to the radio in the bath. I do. Um, and anyway, in this case, I just lay there still because I wanted to listen to all of the song because it was just sort of like it sounded like a stream of consciousness. You know, the the song just went on and on and it went round and round and round. It was hypnotic in in its musical sort of structure, going round and round with Dylan's voice just sort of uh, singing in that sort of very charismatic, uh, particular way that he sings, Um, just these lyrics pouring out of the radio in a stream of consciousness. And all the lyrics were sort of equally mysterious, equal parts mysterious and profound. You know, it was like profound truth shrouded in mystery coming through the speaker is kind of how it felt. And I just lay there listening to it. It made it made a, a big impression on me, but I didn't actually then pursue uh, his music very much after that because you know I was always into lots of other stuff. I've always been a huge music fan, um, and uh, but I never just got into Dylan. It's one of the. It's like Dylan is on my list of artists to really explore. Um, and I was, you know, at the time I was probably too involved in all the sort of. I don't know other kinds of stuff that I was listening to like, you know, I don't know what was I into at that time, probably drum and bass and hip hop and things like that. Anyway, um Dylan, yes. I think he's amazing and I think that his lyrics are incredible poetry. I think he's got a great gift for writing lyrics and he's 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 one of those lyricists who um writes in a very florid kind of style. Um, it's quite surreal, a lot of his stuff. It's not clear exactly what he means. But just his choice of words and the imagery that he creates, I think is fascinating and inspiring. I think inspiring is, is certainly a key word for Bob Dylan, because he um, he really inspired many, many other musicians. For example, The Beatles took a, a lot of inspiration from Dylan. In fact, Dylan really inspired a whole generation of, of, of uh, musicians. You know, like the, all of that stuff that came out in the in the mid to late 60s, you could probably put it down to about three artists. Probably sort of Elvis, first of all, just kick-starting uh, the, the kind of rock and roll movement. Um, and uh, Dylan, with that kind of uh, psychedelic... Um, uh, poetry that he he created. <clears throat> and that spirit of the kind of uh, uh, freewheeling um, sort of folk poet, you know, that kind of spirit. And then maybe someone like Miles Davis, who I think really pushed the musical boundaries all the way out, like miles out, way beyond any, where anyone had been before, like full on consciousness expansion type stuff. I think those three guys have a lot to answer for. I mean, Elvis. You could probably argue that Elvis took it from other people himself. You know, like Elvis probably was very inspired by a lot of the kind of R and B and blues artists. Maybe the the sort of uh, a lot of the black artists in America that were making sort of rhythm and blues music. I think they inspired Elvis. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe someone like Hank Williams as well. Anyway. Can't get, I can't go into all of the uh, musical history at this point. It's, suffice to say that Bob Dylan is really significant. And it's, I think we can't really underestimate how important he is. But, you know, then again, at the, uh, on, on the other hand, it's a question of taste, isn't it? It all comes down to a question of taste. When you're talking about music, it is just a question of taste. And maybe you, uh, you yourself, maybe you just don't like Dylan. Maybe it's not your cup of tea. Uh, And I'm sure that a lot of people who disagree with the decision to give him a Nobel Prize for literature, they just personally don't see the value in in Dylan's words and his music. Uh, And it's a question of taste. And they probably also think that Dylan isn't quite the heavyweight literary artist that you'd expect to get the Nobel Prize, that normally they give uh, that prize to uh, writers of of books, right? Uh, Authors. So it's quite... New to give uh, the prize to someone who many people might consider to be a, a pop artist, essentially, you know, like a, a pop musician. But I think Dylan is more than that. Um, so, so there you go. So, yeah, question of taste. It's all it all comes down to a question of taste, which is why these days. I don't like to kind of get on my high horse about music. I try not to, in conversations with people. I remember when I was younger. I mean, I've always, as I said, I've always been a big music fan. I've always been like really into music and stuff. And I'm sure many of you listening to this are the same, um, big music fans. And you know, when you love music, you tend to get very passionate about it. And everyone's got their own personal uh, favorite music, and their their own personal. Um, version of what is the best kind of music and so when you have a conversation with someone it's very easy to get into one of those pointless arguments where you argue that this band is better than that band and this kind of music's rubbish and that kind of music is the best and in the end it's a question of taste i suppose um so i don't know what do you think listeners you that's right you listening to this what do you think of bob dylan do you think that um he should have got the Nobel Prize? Um, leave your comments on the page. um, And uh, we can sort of share a few ideas about Bob Dylan. Thanks for the comment, Olga. Um, And who knows, maybe when I get, you know, when I get the time, I can put something together about Bob Dylan and record a podcast for you to listen to. Um, um, Let's see. Another comment from uh, Mario. It's a Mario time. Yes. I don't know. Mario, do do you get that? Do you, I mean, Mario is not that common a name in the UK. I think, Mario, you're probably from Italy. It's a fantastic name, lovely name. Um I don't know if, in Italy, Mario is associated with Super Mario. I don't know if he is. But uh, in the UK, if you said, hello, my name's Mario, everyone's going to think, what, Super Mario? Where's Luigi? You know, people are stupid, aren't they? They are, yeah. Anyway, Mario. Mario, uh, Said, uh, dear Luke, some days ago I watched on television 007 Skyfall. So Mario watched Skyfall, the uh, the James Bond movie, not the last one that was called Spectre, uh, but the one before that. Um, and Mario says, I'm wondering what uh, what there in the UK people think about 007, and also I um, I understood that in Skyfall. Uh, 007, uh, it's revealed that 007 was born in Scotland. That should be a shock for you English people. And Mario says, I know it's a stupid question, but at two o'clock in the morning, what do you expect? Best regards. Well, thanks, Mario. Apparently, it seems that Mario was leaving that comment at 2am. And uh, oh, I don't know if I don't know what good what what good happens at 2am. Well, 2am is actually pretty good time. I read somewhere recently, I don't know who it was who said it, but nothing good happens between the hours of 4am and 6am. I I don't know, actually, if that's true. Um, 4am and 6am. I've had some pretty good times between 4am and 6am in my life. Anyway, Mario wrote that comment at 2am. So, obviously, Mario was was deeply uh, uh, thinking deeply about uh, James Bond at 2am recently. And uh, why not? And why not, Mario? It's a perfectly good thing to talk to think about at two a two a.m. Um, so basically, the question is: What do people in the UK think about James Bond? And it seems uh, from I hope this isn't a spoiler. Spoiler alert! It turns out James Bond was from Scotland, and is that a shock uh, for the English? Well, actually, that's not really a spoiler because. Um, if you read the James Bond stories, if you read, read the novels, I think it was already written into one of the, the books that James Bond's family comes from Scotland. So I think that most of us already knew that he, well, many of us already knew that he was basically Scottish, but I, I'm sure that there are also plenty of people who watched Skyfall, and then when it was revealed that he's in fact from Scotland, that might have been a surprise. I don't think it, uh, it was a shock. And were the English shocked to discover that uh, James Bond is Scottish? Well, you know, I personally wasn't shocked at all. In fact, I found it quite cool. I was like, oh, James Bond's Scottish. Oh, fancy that. Because I think that's, I thought that was quite interesting. It was a nice little twist that he's from Scotland. In the Skyfall movie, you do learn some some little things about the background, like the James Bond's background, like his upbringing it's a bit like it's almost like an origin story of James Bond to an extent because you you get some background information about who he is and where he comes from. Um it's good. Skyfall is a good film I think in my in my opinion. Um so personally I thought it was quite interesting that we learn that James Bond is from Scotland. I think that's quite um it's quite cool really, quite nice little twist to the story. And it gives him a little, you know, interesting uh, facet to his character. I'm sure that there are some people in England, some kind of stupid, small-minded people, who are like, James Bond, Scottish. He can't be Scottish. He's James Bond, isn't he? He's English, isn't he? I don't know if they would be Cockney, but um, I'm sure there are some people who are uh, uh, unhappy that James Bond was Scottish. Generally speaking, right, the English, we, we're okay. We quite like the Scottish, we you know mostly, we we have a pretty good um, opinion of the Scots. It's the other way round that's the problem. Problem? Is it a problem? I don't know. It's the other way round. So, normally, I think that Scots, Scottish people uh, have a bit more of a reason to be uh, 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 like unhappy with the English. I think the Scots have got more reason to dislike the English than the other way round, I think. Um, So, if James Bond had been a Scottish character, if, if he'd been established from the very beginning as a definitely Scottish character, and then it, and then if it had been revealed that he was in fact English, then I think the Scottish would have been pretty upset with that. You know, like, for example, imagine if William Wallace, you know, from the movie Braveheart, um, the Mel Gibson movie Braveheart, if William Wallace, who is this, mo- in the movie world at least, this iconic Scottish person uh, if it turned out that he was actually English, then I'm sure the Scots, many Scottish people, would be a bit upset about that. They'd be a bit annoyed. Um, would would they? Although you know, sure, there are plenty of Scots who don't really give a monkeys. To be honest, to give a monkeys that means they don't. I don't give a monkeys means I don't care. So I'm sure that some Scottish people don't really care, and English people don't really care that much. So in the in answer to your question, finally, Mario. We weren't shocked that it turned out that uh, 007 was Scottish. Big deal. We don't really mind. He's British. That's the main thing. Yeah, because James Bond's British. He's British. So that means he can be from Scotland. He can be from England. He could be from Wales. He could probably be from Northern Ireland. And most people would be like, well, yeah, it's all right because he's still British. You know what I mean? Still British. Um, Again, the the Cockney voice coming in there. Don't know why. Um, all right, if you want to know more about Scotland and scotland 's relationship with England, and in fact the whole um, uh, complex nature of the difference between England and Britain and Scotland and Britain and all that stuff, then you can go back to uh episodes i 've done in the past. I did a couple of episodes called Britishness: What is Britishness? Check the archive. What is Britishness, Parts one and two. And also I did an episode about the Scottish independence referendum um, and you can check the archive for that. So look for what is Britishness and uh, Scottish independence in the archive and you can find out more details about that. Um, So nice one, Mario. Thanks for the comment that you left early in the morning. It was uh, a good question. I'm always happy to talk about James Bond because uh, I do like the movies. What do, what do we think about James Bond in general in the UK? We love James Bond, of course. Not everyone. Some people think he's sexist and, um, you know, that he's misogynist and stuff like that. Um, and there's it, it's too much violence. And he's, a, he's basically an assassin, isn't he? So, you know, how, how, much, how enthusiastic can you be about a, a mercenary assassin? I don't know. But in terms of popular culture, I think James Bond is probably one of the most popular characters from, you know, British popular culture. So, yeah, we like James Bond in general, and we're not that shocked to find that he's actually from Scotland. Um, all right. <clears throat> so, um, Gabo, Gabo, Hello, Gabbo. Um, Gabo, Gabor, Gabo. I don't know anyway it 's written gabo gabo said hi luke i 've been listening to you for a long time and i and I enjoy visiting your website for practice, but have you ever thought about an app uh, for example luke 's app maybe it 's a good idea. I just thought that, and I wanted to share it with you. Thank you very much for your time uh, best regards bye 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 uh, so gabo basically the age old question of whether i 've um, Considered making an app for Luke's English podcast. I say it in an age-old question because it is a lot. It's a question I've been thinking about for a long time, and uh, basically, I've come to the conclusion that it's just too complicated for me to come up with an app. Now I know what's happening. Now, someone out there is listening to this, going, "I can do it. I can make an app for you, Luke," um, which is great. That's that's wonderful. So, the reason I'm a little bit. Uh, cautious of asking my listeners to to um, get in touch with me if they think they can help me build an app is because um, it's just really complicated, actually, in my experience. I know there are some, some uh, bits of software on the internet that allow you to build an app for free, but actually I, I've investigated those things and they're not right for what I would need. Um, really, if... Um, if- the main problem, right, is that my website is not mobile friendly. That's the main issue. And also the fact that the website is is really big. There are like so many different pages on it. I have been thinking about making an app and there, I haven't done it because it's just too complicated and I've got too many other things to get my head around. Like, for example, whether James Bond is English or Scottish or also... Just all the other stuff in in that's going that I've got going on, you know, it takes enough time just preparing or or unpreparing episodes of this podcast and doing all the other things I've got going on that I just have never managed to kind of devote enough time to pursuing the idea of making an app for this podcast. Um, and you know, there are also other considerations like the fact that okay, if I, it, it might be worth my while spending lots of time. Uh, preparing an app, uh, if I could make a little bit of money from it. Now, um, I'm already doing this all for all free. And that's, you know, um, important, I think, that I want to keep Luke's English podcast free. Um, now, I could, sh- as I've said many times on the podcast before, I'm interested in trying to turn this whole thing into a sort of profitable business so that I can uh, devote some more time to it and things like that. One idea is to make an app but if I did make an app, I you know, I, I would want it to be a reasonable price. And that probably means, you know, not very much. Um, it would have to be a pretty low price. And I just don't know if it's worth it, to be honest. I just don't know if it's worth investing all that time when I should be investing my time in other things that, you know, will, let's face it, help me pay the bills like my job and like other projects that I'm, I'm working on, like English courses that I'm trying to produce right now. So the app is something that's uh, not a priority at the moment. But, you know, if you've got a genius, really simple way to turn my website into an app, um, then let me know, okay? Uh, But I'm cautious about asking people to contact me because I already get too many messages and I don't get to reply to them all. Um, and And what happens is that many messages don't get replied to and that's rude, so I don't want to be rude to people by not replying to their messages, uh, and yet I I can't actually reply to them all because I'm so damn popular. Uh, I don't know if it's that it's it's just that I get messages and I can't handle it. I can't handle all the messages, so I can't reply to them all. So I'm a bit cautious about um, asking people to send me messages, and then I end up getting involved in like long conversations about you know the ins and outs of the apps and all the things I need, and I just I can't even begin. So that's the reason. Gabo, that's why I haven't got an app out, but I have thought about it. It has crossed my mind many times. And at this stage, sorry, no app for the, for the podcast, but um, probably one of the things I should do if only there were enough hours in the day. Um, but a great idea, you know. Thanks, thanks for suggesting it to me. And, um, but I, I've already thought about it, and I'm afraid the answer is no at this point. Um, right. So those were a few comments from people. Um, what else, um, did I want to ramble on about here? How are you? Are you okay? Are you still with me? Good. Are you still there? Good. You're not uh, eating a cheese sandwich. Maybe you're doing both. Maybe you've cooked a cheese sandwich, a a toasted cheese sandwich, and you're listening to this at the same time, and you're playing with yourself. Don't play with, don't play with this. Don't do that. Put your, put yourself away. (laughs) Weird jokes. Um, now I wanted to, recommend some uh, uh, TV shows and things. Um, So, Netflix. Do you have Netflix? I don't know if Netflix is available everywhere in the world. Um, I don't know if if it's all around the world. My top countries are, you know, China, Japan, Russia, uh, and uh, various other places, all of them wonderful countries. Um, I don't know if you have Netflix, but Netflix is kind of... Um, really popular now, certainly in America, the United States. We have it in France now. And it's one of those web streaming um, uh, TV services. And uh, there are lots and lots and lots of TV shows available on Netflix. You basically pay a monthly subscription and then you get access to as many shows as you want. It's perfect for binge-watching TV series. Um, And uh, I... Uh, on Netflix, I've I, I've watched almost all of Breaking Bad, so I kind of came to Breaking Bad quite late. It seems most other people watched all of it before me, and uh, it was you know it was on my list of stuff to watch, and I finally caught up with it. Amazing show, absolutely brilliant show, uh, Breaking Bad. I'm not going to go into all the details about that because you probably know about it already. You've probably had the breaking you've probably had the Breaking Bad conversation. Which is like, oh, have you seen Breaking Bad? Oh, it's good. Oh, it's really good. Um, you've probably had that conversation with someone already. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you really have to see it. It's brilliant. Oh yeah, I'm still, I still need to watch The Wire or I still need to watch House of Cards or whatever. Uh, anyway, I saw Breaking Bad. Yes, I agree, it's great. I, I also watched The Walking Dead, which I don't watch on Netflix because I'm I'm now watching season what is it season season seven of The Walking Dead, which isn't on Netflix. So I watched The Walking Dead on iTunes. I actually purchased a season pass to it, which I'm kind of regretting. I don't know if you know The Walking Dead. It's um, one of the most famous TV series in the world, and it's all about zombies, isn't it? It's basically about what would happen if the world got overrun by zombies. Let's make seven seasons of a television show about it. Um, If you haven't seen The Walking Dead, then my honest recommendation would be you could probably just watch the first series, and that's probably it. I think the first season tells you everything you need to know about the show. There are some great moments in the other seasons, like some shocking moments and, and uh uh emotional moments and uh real edge of your seat drama and some really disgusting horror. Um, and if that's your cup of tea, then you know why not go ahead watch the other show, uh, other uh, seasons. But if you don't have that much time, but you want to basically get uh, the best part of The Walking Dead, then I think the first season is probably the best. Um, and um, but uh, I'm still there in season seven. I'm sure that some of you listening to this also are listening to it in. Uh, or, or, sorry, are watching it uh, also in season seven. Uh, but my opinion of The Walking Dead is that this has become, the show has become extremely manipulative um, at television, um, meaning that it's it's almost exploiting the uh, emotional involvement uh, that we have as an audience in the characters in this show. Because some of these characters, we've been with them for seven seasons now. And it's it's kind of like the only reason to watch this show is to see whether they die or not, you know? And that's kind of the thing that keeps you watching, because sometimes the show is dreadfully boring and repetitive, but the thing that keeps us going is like, are the characters going to die in some gruesome death? And now after seven seasons, this has become the main uh, factor here. And in fact, the show is almost sort of reveling in uh, the deaths of some of the key characters to the point where it's really in bad taste and it's not really good drama anymore. They're just repeating the same storylines again and again. It's like, you know, the characters find a new place which seems to be peaceful, but maybe it's not. There's an evil leader and uh, are the characters going to take revenge on him and how evil is he going to get? Well, very evil. And are they going to get revenge? and uh to what extent do humans become monsters when uh the zombie apocalypse happens and it's kind of like the it's basically a study into human nature um and when you know the when the when the walking dead when the when the dead have risen and walk the earth then to an ex- and law and order breaks down then it's the people who become the real monsters i think that's the kind of basic message season 1 is great uh the other seasons are sort of Missable, you could miss them, I think, and and your life's not going to suffer too much as a result. Again, you listening to this, you might have a different opinion. You might think that uh, like season three of The Walking Dead is the best. Um, and as I said, if you've got something to say on that, get in the comments section. What do you think about The Walking Dead? Um, and um, what do you think about uh, season seven so far? Is it worth watching all the way to season seven or or not? What's your opinion on that? Um Another show, which uh, you can find on, on Netflix, is Black Mirror. Um, Black Mirror. Uh, and that's a British uh, produced show. I think it was originally on Channel 4, which is a British TV channel. And it was produced and written written by a guy called Charlie Brooker. Now, I've known about Charlie Brooker for years and years and years. And in fact, I was watching Black Mirror when it was originally broadcast i think in 2011 2012 something like that i remember it being on tv and watching it then and um, i watched the first two seasons when they were originally broadcast and i thought they were fantastic i actually somehow didn't realize that that a third season had been made of black mirror and i found it on netflix and i've been watching it it's a it's a fantastic show but it is quite dark um, um, I mean, you know, so is The Walking Dead. That's the sort of thing I like. Maybe dark sort of horror type stuff is not your cup of tea. Fine. That's absolutely fine, of course. Uh, but Black Mirror is, is very interesting and it's it's full of some very interesting themes. It's um, actually very funny in places and um, quite disturbing in places as well. But it's, it's very well written. Uh, it's very original. And um, the that there are some great actors uh, in, in the show. Essentially, the, the, the summary of Black Mirror is that um, every episode is, is different. So, it's not like a normal TV series where you follow the same characters through a long story arc. In Black Mirror, every episode is probably about an hour long, and each one is a unique, separate story. So, each one is a totally different story, but the Black Mirror as a series is united by certain themes. And, and the themes are, are quite uh, dark. They involve um, uh, sort of technology. And essentially, Black Mirror sort of explores the, um, the way that technology is changing our lives, the influence that technology and media are having on our relationships. And they, the, the series kind of looks to the future Many of the episodes are set in uh, the not too distant future, in a world in which uh, technology has has advanced just a little bit more, and it kind of um, explores uh, the consequences of things like social media and other kinds of uh, media and technology on our lives. And um, it's just it's just very interesting. For example, uh, one of the uh, episodes, I think it's in season two. Is about um, uh, that? Okay, so all the characters have a camera in their eye. So everyone's got like an implanted camera in in their eye. Okay, and the camera in your eye um, can record everything that you experience. It can it can record everything that you see and experience. So you can just you have a little button in your hand which you click, and when you click it, the 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 camera in your eye records everything that you're you experiencing at that time. So imagine, for example, a great day in your life. It could be, you know, your birthday or uh, a great party that you're having, or maybe like a really wonderful intimate moment in a relationship with someone you love. You would record those moments so that you could, you know, or, I don't know, on some other time you could replay them and experience those feelings and that direct experience again. So instead of just looking at photographs of the girl that you love, for example, like looking at photographs of the girl that you love that you miss, or maybe even an ex-girlfriend that you uh, that you miss, instead of just looking at the photographs or seeing videos, you actually replay the experience by using the implants in your head. And um, the show explores the way in which that would have an effect on a relationship. So imagine... Uh, uh, a relationship between two people one of those people is still in love with the ex-girlfriend and um the other one catches him replaying a memory and the 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 guy doesn't want the girl to know that he's Replaying the memory of of uh, like a maybe an intimate moment with a, with his ex girlfriend, and what would that do? Imagine a, an argument or a, a moment where the person is saying, "What are you? What are you watching? What are you doing now?" It's interesting. It's just very interesting to see the the way in which the technology can um, seriously affect uh, people's relationships. So, the one I watched uh, the other day was uh, the first ser- first episode of season three. And uh, it's all about a girl who is desperate to get um, um, high social media status. It's set in a world in which your social media status defines every aspect of your your experience. So, for example, if you've got 4.5 stars, then it's easier to get a job. People um, are more likely to, to want to socialize with you. Um, you might get a discount at the shop. You, you might be upgraded to a higher class in a, in a um, on a flight, things like that. Um, and so, again, there's an implant in people's eye, which means that when they look at someone, um, it tells you their name and it gives you an indication of their social media status. So you look at someone and a little circle appears on in front of their face because you've got this eye implant and um, it tells you the name, and it gives you a star rating for that person. It's a bit like a mini sort of Amazon review for every person you meet. And of course, because of this, because the the, the, the social media status becomes so important in someone's first impression of you, um, that's what defines everyone's life. So um, when you meet someone, you have a little interaction with them. For example, you meet a guy in the cafe who serves you a coffee then everyone in the show is like giving each other a star rating after every single interaction and so naturally people are like so desperate to be given a five-star rating and so everyone's sort of like being really sycophantic with each other and they're all sort of desperate to please each other all the time um and uh, and what does that do to people's relationships? It means that everyone is just like living in this superficial world where um, they live or die based on their, their media status. Obviously, it's a it's a comment on the way in which we uh, put importance onto things like Facebook likes or whether or not we're being accepted by uh, other people on social media. And it's, it's not impossible that that sort of thing can happen, that one day... Um, we will be able to have a little internet implant in our optic nerve or something that will um, allow us to see things like, you know, someone's social media profile, or maybe the number of friends they have on Facebook or, or things like that. And it, who knows, these things might become so embedded into our daily lives that uh, it will start to define the way in which we have relationships with people. Anyway, check out Black Mirror. You'll find it on Netflix. Um Other stuff, what else? there's a new Star Wars film coming out. Don't get me started. I, th- I hope that it's going to be good um, but um I'm you know I'm not going to get my hopes up because if I get too excited, then I'm only going to be disappointed. So there's a new Star Wars film. it's coming out in mid-December. Let's see. shall we let's see. Um, I liked uh, episode seven. I thought it was good. The new one is not episode eight. It's a prequel and it's set before episode 4. So it's like episode 3.5 something like that and it's a side story. I think Darth Vader is in it. So that's good, I hope. We like Darth Vader, don't we? So it could be good to see Darth Vader in a, in another Star Wars film. I don't know how much he's going to be in the film or what he's going to be doing or whether um it's going to be a good representation of Vader. We will see. Uh, but I'm secretly a little bit excited about seeing a new Star Wars film. I'm keeping uh, fingers and, cr- and toes crossed that it'll be good, but at the same time, I don't want to get my hopes up because it might end up uh, being an anticlimax. But Rogue One, a Star Wars story, opens mid-December and um, I'm trying not to get too excited about it. Uh, what else? Um, I saw uh, a really cool... Uh, documentary movie about the rock band oasis the film is called supersonic and it's one of those documentary uh rock it's one of those rock documentaries or rockumentaries about oasis and it's made it's produced by um noel gallagher and liam gallagher although they don't get on with each other these are the two brothers who are the main guys in in the group oasis the movie is, is about the band and it's produced by them. So it's, um, it's kind of a homemade, uh, home-produced, self-produced documentary. Um, and it's, it's brilliant. I absolutely loved it. Now, I'm not a huge Oasis fan. I think they've got some, they had some pretty good songs. Um, but I'm not a huge fan, but I really enjoyed the film. It's like a comedy, Um, And I think that's the best way to watch the film. It's basically like a comedy because Noel Gallagher and Liam Gallagher are hilarious. They are just hilarious. Um, And uh, if you get the chance to see Supersonic, the Oasis movie, then do go out and see it. I've got to do a podcast all about that. Now, Olga, you wanted me to do Bob Dylan. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm really keen to do an episode about Oasis because they just make me laugh a lot, and I do like some of the songs, and also it reminds me of the nineties, which is a period that I know pretty well um, so oasis supersonic, check it out if you get the chance it's on iTunes, um, you might be able to find it online or, or something like that or on DVD, uh, but if you do get the chance, watch it because it's full of anecdotes, basically because it's it's um I think what they've done they've what they've ch- chosen to do is make a film that is not just. The average rock documentary, but it 's the story of Oasis in their own words, which essentially means it 's just little anecdotes one after the other, telling the entire story of how this the band started all the way up to the probably the biggest moment for Oasis, which is when they did these big concerts in Nebworth and they performed to something like a quarter of a million people, massive concerts I mean they were the biggest band in the world at a, at a moment at one point certainly the biggest band of the UK definitely um and they did these huge concerts in the late 90s and the documentary basically tells the story from the beginning up until the Nebworth concerts which is really the 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 best time for Oasis they con- Oasis continued until 2009 so they continued for almost a decade after that but really it's the early stage in their career that was the that was the most entertaining and the most sort of special, and so they just focus on the the funny stories and the uh, the the real uh, sort of experience of what it's like to be in a a proper rock and roll band uh, in the nineties. And just Neil Neil, who's Neil Liam and Noel, the brothers in the group are very very funny and they've got some very funny stories i mean it's quite shocking there's a lot of swearing there's lots of violence in it i mean you know rock and roll type violence you know throwing televisions out of windows and things like that not kind of not horror movie violence but uh, the more comical rock and roll stuff of like uh, you know, smashing guitars and throwing TVs out of out of hotel windows. It's just full of really funny rock and roll stories. So I suggest that you check it out. Um, and finally, um, uh, my wife and I watched my wife. My wife and I we watched this. Te- we were big fans of television shows. We watched um, last night. We watched the first episode of this new Netflix series, which is called The Crown. The Crown. Um, The crown, you know, it's what the king or queen wears on his or her head. That's the crown. The crown is uh, a Netflix original series, and it's all about the story of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, Obviously, the the queen is still alive, but this is a a period drama about the early uh, years of the queen's uh, reign as the monarch. All right? So, the first episode, we watched it last night. it tells you the story about, you know, you see King George the VI, um, who's not very well, he's got health problems, and you see uh, the young uh, Elizabeth um, sort of preparing herself to become the next monarch. Uh, we, we see Prince Philip, who is played by Matt Smith, who used to be Doctor Who, and he's great in the in the in the part he's he's uh it's a great performance you see uh Matt smith as prince philip and you 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 see prince philip sort of uh um um uh, how he entered the story that he um he marries elizabeth and um he you know you 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 learn how it must have been very difficult for him as well learning his place in the royal family um and you see Winston Churchill and the whole context of that story is told and it's filmed absolutely beautifully the costumes are really great the the casting seems to be just right that all the actors are really well chosen um and um it's it's it looks like it's going to be a great show it's received some fantastic reviews um and it looks like a proper drama about what it must have been like to um, To become the Queen of England at that time. And it kind of, I guess, tells the story about why Elizabeth has been quite an extraordinary uh, queen um, and how it must be a very difficult job. Um, I say job. I mean, it kind of is a job. It must be a very difficult thing to do to, to become the queen, especially at that time. I mean, we're talking about sort of 19... Um, uh, the the first episode is set in 1947. She became queen in 1952. Um, it must have been very difficult at that time as a woman, um, because obviously, you know, there wasn't gender equality and that sort of thing. Um, anyway, it's just fascinating, and it looks very authentic. Obviously, I don't know what it was really like to be there at the time but it certainly looks and feels very authentic based on the things that we already know about uh, the Queen and her early uh, her early years. Um, so another recommendation, it's called The Crown. You can find it on Netflix. Uh, by the way, if you don't have Netflix, then just watch out for these series that uh, um, might be coming soon in the form of a DVD or you might see them on television in your countries eventually. Um, so uh, the things I've mentioned there are Uh, I mentioned Breaking Bad. Uh, I mentioned The Walking Dead, which is the zombie uh, TV show that you probably already know about. Um, I mentioned Black Mirror, which is that British sort of science fiction drama, uh, which is kind of very interesting and slightly disturbing and also very funny. Um, I mentioned the movie Oasis, Supersonic. I mentioned Rogue One, the new Star Wars film, which will be in a cinema near you before too long. And then I mentioned The Crown, which is a Netflix series, um, and I'm sure that you'll get it on ta- on TV or or on um, on DVD or something or Blu-ray before too long. If you don't have Netflix, um, there's lots of great stuff to watch. You know, you know when it when the winter arrives and it's cold and wet and grey outside, it's quite nice to stay in and binge watch some telly. And there is a, a heck of a lot of very good TV on uh, at the moment. Uh, so check out The Crown. Uh, check out Black Mirror. Check out Oasis, Supersonic. Those are my top three recommendations um, in this episode. Um, now I think I'm going to stop here. <clears throat> I think I'm going to stop here. I haven't talked about politics, um, which is probably just as well, isn't it? Really, <sighs> um, I think I might. I might come back to the subject of politics uh, again. I said at the beginning of the episode, didn't I? I said I'm going to talk about the election. Well, I've got to. I've got to the. Uh, the one hour and seven minute point here in this episode. And uh, um, I've had enough, really. I need a glass of water and uh, I've got some housework to do. Um, And uh, I've got to go out and do some shopping. I've got to buy some chicken for dinner, you know, that kind of stuff, life type stuff. So I don't have time to keep going. But um, the next opportunity I get, I might talk about politics because, I don't know, I just feel like I want to talk about it because it's going on at the moment and uh, it's a big deal. Um, you might be, you might think, Luke, talk to your dad about politics. We like it when you talk to your dad. All right, I might do that. I might give him a call and see what he thinks about the new Brexit situation and about uh, the US election. But God knows what's going to happen. Trump could still win that, you know, he could still win. I expect by the time you listen to this, you'll know what's happened. Um, but how do how can I break it down into about two minutes before ending this episode? Trump could still win, I think, um, because um, I don't think it's guaranteed for Hillary. The polls suggest that she's going to win, but I think that Trump could still do it because it's a bit like Brexit. You know, um, just before the referendum, people uh, predicted that uh, the Remain campaign would win the Brexit vote. You know they people thought that the referendum result would be that the uk would stay in the european union that's what people thought they turned out to be wrong because they underestimated the the fact that so many people are you know disenfranchised uh, they're angry uh, they're upset they they sort of i guess people underestimated the sheer number of people who uh, were going to vote and and i think it's a similar situation here that the people who are going to vote for Trump, I think, are likely to vote Trump for similar reasons that that people voted to leave the European Union. And what I mean by that is that um, uh, it seems Trump is appealing to people who want change, people who um, are unhappy about immigration. And I think there are a lot of people in the U.S., who are unhappy about immigration? I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that uh, there are probably lots of people who who don't like immigration, and it's a, it's a, a, a hot topic. Um, I think that it that Trump is appealing to people who have lost faith in the political system because they see Trump as being an outsider, not someone from the political class. Whereas Hillary Clinton, I mean, she is absolutely emblematic of. The political system in the USA. She's, you know, obviously she's the wife of a former president. She's uh, a sort of, um, um, she's a Democrat, but she's also associated with, you know, fairly conservative, traditional political um, uh, practices. She is. She really does represent. If anyone represents the political class in the U- United States, then it's her. And I think people, are uh, they've lost, f- many people, not everyone, but lots of people have lost faith in what they perceive to be an ineffective political system. Whether the political system is, in fact, ineffective is another question entirely. But it seems that lots of people think that it is, or they're not satisfied with it. They think it's undemocratic. There's lots of these conspiracy theories going around. Um, and I think it's easy to underestimate um, the, the 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 number of people who um will vote trump simply because they don't like clinton <sighs> i don't know i think it's tr- you know trumpism and brexitism are a similar case so we might find a similar story i don't know i'm not making any predictions i'm just saying that i think trump could still win i'm also not giving a, an opinion on this cuz i've talked about this you know a little bit in recent episodes and i've had some comments from people like to be honest most of the comments have been great people have been saying you know it's great when you talk about politics you know uh we understand that you don't have, you're not trying to push a political opinion it's just interesting to talk to listen to uh, someone who doesn't claim to be an expert talking about politics in english because you know we like the words and we like to just hear a normal person talking about it yes i'm a normal person apparently um so that's what most people think. But it's, some people have sent me messages um, all angry because they think that I'm a big Hillary fan. All right. Now, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of Trump. All right. And I've already explained the reasons why. I think, you know, the, some of the things he's done and said are, are, are just not really the, the, the sort of things that a, a, a president should be doing. You know, his conduct, I think, is just not presidential. And there's lots of other things that I disagree with him about, like his policies and things like that. Um, But that doesn't mean that I agree wholesale with every single thing that uh, Clinton stands for. I just think that she's less bad than him. Although, of course, I appreciate and understand all of the criticisms that are levelled at Clinton, that she represents the 1%, that uh, there are allegations that she's corrupt and all that kind of thing. So, you know, I don't need that in my life, to be f- perfectly honest with you. I don't need people telling me that I'm a Clinton fan and that I'm uneducated and think, I, just, I don't need that. And also, don't jump to conclusions, all right? Just because I say some critical things about uh, Trump doesn't mean that I'm, I- I'm a complete fan of Clinton and everything she stands for, all right? So, don't jump to conclusions and just hold your horses, get a grip and just chill out, okay? As I said, have a uh, a toasted cheese sandwich and a cup of tea and take a deep breath and just, uh, you know, get a grip on yourself. If you're, if you're about to write an email to me going, blah, 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 ranting, ranting, just, you know, pick your fights with someone else because I'm not the guy, okay? I'm not the guy that you should be having a go at. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, ladies and gents. Uh, did I just say check yourself before you wreck yourself? I did, didn't I? I did. All right. Um, so I will be watching the coverage of the election. I don't know if I'm going to stay up all night watching it, uh, but I'll be glued to the TV. I don't know which channel I'm going to watch because who should I believe, you know, which channel I've got some of the channels. I get access to things like Al Jazeera, BBC, CNN, uh France Van the France twenty-four, um and some others. I don't have access on my TV to Russian television. Uh, but I'd be interested to see how they're covering the, the, the whole thing. But you know, which channel should I watch? And how much am I supposed to believe all the stuff I see on the TV? I don't know. I'm not saying that I believe everything that you get in the in the news. Anyway, I think that I, I don't have an axe to grind about politics. I don't have a particular axe to grind. I don't have a strong political position. All right. So, you know, just there you go. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, all right. That's it for this episode. Um, I don't mean to end up on uh, talking about politics here. Um, so what am I going to do? I'm going to have to play some music, aren't I? Just to kind of wash away the uh, the politics there at the end. <laughs> oh this is serious isn't it more serious music on the podcast because it's a serious time isn't it it is we're living in a serious time it's we're all to be honest it's always been a serious time pick a time from history and it you can be sure it's a serious one there's always serious stuff going on but it is it is a serious time at the moment yes it is all sorts of stuff going on around the world who knows really what the nature of it all is? <sighs> I don't know. Like Clinton and all those email scandals and things like that. I said I wasn't going to talk about politics, right? Okay, no more politics. How's that cheese sandwich? <laughs> you know what? Recently I some friends, my wife and I, we went away for a weekend because there was a there was a public holiday. Just, like, last week, we went away for a weekend. And we had a really nice time. Had a little break. We went to this place in Brittany, which is on the north coast of France. And we stayed in, like, a little house. And uh, we went to the supermarket to load up on food because we were going to cook for ourselves. You know, it's cheaper to go to the supermarket instead of eating out in restaurants every night. So we went to the supermarket to get our food. Big French supermarket full of French food and everything. And my friend and I, Richard, my mate, and me, we found this box of cheddar. English cheese. And the box, it was like 1.8 kilograms. 1.8 kilograms of cheese. That's a massive box of cheddar, right? Huge. And the thing is that it's English cheese. Couldn't believe it. French supermarket, and you know how proud the French are about their food, especially their cheese. Well, this French supermarket had all these massive boxes of English cheddar and we were so blown away that we were like, right, we've got to buy some. So we bought 1.8 kilograms of very mature 10-year-old cave-aged English cheddar. The the name of the cheese is Wookiee Hole, Wookie Hole, which is the place where they make the cheese. It's a place in England. It's in the southwest of England. So that they make they make the cheese, you know, in the way that you make cheese. <laughs> However, that's done. They take the, they just take the cheese out of the cow, right? Obviously, no. They take it's made from milk and all that stuff. Um, and so they make the cheese, and then they leave the cheese, right? In they wrap it in in like sort of uh, linen. They wrap it in this fabric and then they leave it in a cave under the ground in England for 10 years. And it sits in this musty old cave for 10 years and it grows mold all over it. There's all this mold growing all over the cheese. And the cheese, like, you know, develops this really complex, uh, strong taste in this cave for 10 years. And then after 10 years, they pull them out and they just put them in boxes and sell them everywhere. And they send them to France, apparently. And we bought one. And, uh so 1.8 kilograms of cheese for the whole weekend we, and this is a massive piece of cheese it's like about the size of a football right a massive blue it's like way too big for us to eat in just a couple of days um but it was it was incredible like opening up the cheese like you open the box and there's this massive block and you you uh unwrap the cheese you like like this really complex procedure you're not allowed to use a knife because if you cut through the fabric that can affect the flavor of the cheese so we're like really gently unwrapping this cheese, revealing this monstrous lump of yellow English cheddar and then there was like the 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 dramatic moment where we cut into it and it's it's amazing like the cheese was flaking off in these big lumps and um uh, we like shared the cheese around and we all tasted it at the same time. It was like some sort of magical cheese cult. And, uh, so anyway, the taste of the cheese is just incredible. I mean, like it's really, really, really strong. Um, it's got really sharp flavor and then you get all of these other like, uh, flavors afterwards, like all these nutty flavors and just loads of incredible complex kind of smoky Nutty, musty, chalky, spicy, sharp flavors. Um, so there you go. Um, I thought that I'd end this on uh, on some evangelistic uh, cheese chat. <laughs> All right, then I'm going to stop talking now. Yay! Thanks for listening. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.